everybody, and welcome to episode 18 of the Feasible Filmcast. My name's Christopher, and uh, right off the top, I just wanted to do some quick plugs for the show. Um, if you wouldn't mind, just follow me on Twitter, at Lee Van Martin. Um, rate the show if you enjoy it on iTunes. Um, uh, you know, star it, leave some comments. Uh, that'll help grow the show. And if you have any, like, questions or comments, want to write into the show, um, I want to build, like, a... Um, an email section so we can have like questions and whatnot so that'll be feasiblefilm at gmail.com um, and yeah just send in any uh, comments or questions or improvements you'd like to see and uh, you know that way we can answer some questions on the show. Um, today we're going to be talking about uh, two things the Netflix 80s inspired horror show Stranger Things which is getting like you know rave reviews around the board kind of popped up out of nowhere uh, about a week and a half ago so I watched all eight episodes of that, so we'll be re reviewing that, and as well as uh, Paul Feig's new Ghostbusters movie. So um, let's go ahead and uh, I don't think we're going to get to any news today. Um, we'll do that on our next episode, um, but there's just been so many, so much stuff we've watched over in the past like couple days. I just kind of wanted to soften the blow of like another like massive show and uh, try to keep content going like week to week so um so anyway um so stranger things we'll do stranger things first and it goes a bit like this when joyce's 12 year old son will goes missing she and will's friends launch a terrifying investigation into his disappearance with local authorities it's uh directed by the duffer brothers and the only real star i recognized on the show um was winona Ryder. so um but it stars uh, many other, I guess, newcomers, as you'd say. Um, so, first off, if you're wanting to see the show, I'd say kind of skip just like the overview. I'm not, I'm not going to get into any spoilers or anything like that. But if you want to watch the show, if you're if you enjoy like Spielberg or um, like if you enjoyed movies like uh, like like Alien, um, Poltergeist. Uh, E.T., uh, you know, things of that, like Super 8, movies like that, The Goonies in a certain way. Any of those 80s style um, old like horror fantasy movie, Last Starfighter, movies like that, um, you know, just I would say just watch this. I think you'll enjoy it for the most part. Um, if you're the kind of person who doesn't uh, like like pandering, it, it, it does pander to a certain extent. But I, I quite enjoyed all of the references in the move in the in the series, and it's only eight episodes, so it's not like a huge commitment. Some episodes are like fifty, some are like thirty-eight minutes, so it's not really that much of a time commitment. But um, I'll say, like it for it being a Netflix show, it really just brings like back a lot of memories. Yeah, like I was saying, like those old eighties, um, like X Files to a certain extent, Goosebumps, and it just brings you back to that point in time without um, um, without trying to like modernize it in any way it it it's it has the the uh, you know CG effects of now but it also uses like props and stuff from the 80s and you kind of just get lost in it but like I said if you haven't seen it I'd say just check it out and if you're interested in it and come back later and listen to this but I'm just gonna kind of go over just some of the the main points and kind of just set up the story a bit, then just kind of give my thoughts. So it's basically just about a group of friends um, that they're they're in middle school and they're they start off playing Dungeons and Dragons, and uh, one of the kids 
uh, they're 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 playing for like a ten hour stint, and one of the kids goes home, and as he's going home, he like kind of sees something in the bushes, like after him, goes inside his house, locks the door, tries to call, but the phone's dead, of course, and then there's something after him, and uh, he goes out into the shed, and you know it rises up behind him, whatever that might be, and and uh, you know he disappears, and so the rest of the whole series, it's just those kids. And of course, the bomb and the parents and whatnot looking for him, and it, it delves into. Um, it's got like drama. It's got some scares. There isn't any like overtly like downright scary about it. It just kind of has that overall tension of it of uh, like the scares creeping up on you. But it's never really, I'd say, scary. It's more like an X Files episode where, you know, they're investigating. The kids are investigating it. The disappearance of the kid. The, the police are investigating it, and um, it's set in like a small town in Indiana, so everybody knows everything about everyone, and they build up all the different um, uh, uh, younger characters, like um, the like the brothers and the sisters of all the kids I mentioned earlier, and you know their uh, like thoughts of the missing kid, and um, you know just kind of like the whole town um, trying to do their best to find this kid, but. Um, you know, strange things start happening, and um, the the you know the the parents are are commuting communicating with the kid. Or you're not really sure if they're communicating with the lost kid, and so uh, or the mother is, and so she goes out and tells people, and she knows that she's not crazy, but everybody thinks that she's crazy, and you know, there's the whole crazy lady in town vibe that goes on. Then you have the kids at school. And what they're dealing with with the, with the kid's disappearance, and you know the group of friends that just won't stop at anything to to find to find their friend, and I thought that the acting across the board was great. Um, the only person surprisingly that wasn't that good was uh, Winona Ryder's character. She she plays Will's mother, the kid that disappeared, and he uh, or she just it, it just feels like it's overacted, you know. I, I believe most of the kids and I believe the town folk and the teachers and things like that of the time. But one of the writers is just, uh, her acting is just too on the nose. It's like she was trying way too hard. And I mean, I, I'm not a huge fan, I guess I'd say, of her, um, of her acting style. But this one in particular was just over the top and, and really didn't fit. I, you know, you would think that she would be the one that would elevate the show. But um, I, I thought it was quite the opposite. So other than her, um, I thought that the casting was great, the acting was great, and um, kind of one other thing that'll get you kind of enamored with the story is there's a girl that shows up, and uh, she has her head shaved, and she just kind of shows up in one of the episodes, and I believe it's like an episode, does she show up in, I think she always shows up in episode one, if I remember right, but uh, she, yeah, she shows up, and uh you find out that she's she's kind of uh, looks like she escaped from somewhere, almost like a Hannah type, like the movie Hannah uh, type story, where you know the the she escaped from somewhere and you don't really know what her backstory is, and so you know she meets up with the kids who lost Will, and that's where things start getting strange because she doesn't really know anything about the outside world, exactly like E.T. and you know they try to teach her and and show her things and she's kind of like the fish out of water character but she knows some things that are happening 
um, in the background and you slowly figure out what those, what those things are through flashbacks, which I thought was really interesting. But I'd say, um, the music's great. It's, it's got, you know, your eighties, like clean bass lines with the synths and whatnot. And very, not John Carpenter, but very of its time, kind of like a, not, not that kit. The songs aren't that catchy. They're just give you that feeling when they, when they kick in in every episode, there's like one or two songs every so often that kick in that just kind of, um, set you in that mood, which is just fantastic. And what I mentioned of earlier is I hear a lot of people like online talking about the pandering and, you know, the references to like all the old TV shows, old advertising, um, you know, play toys, movies, books, um, anything of that nature. And all they do that, but it's never really for, it's never really to like set a tone or anything. It's just used mainly for jokes and it's used mainly just to, to carry the story along, which was, which was really cool. So, um, it's, it's just like I was saying at the beginning, it's just one of those things where if you think, if you think you're one of those people that like, you know, just eye roll at like, you know, reference, like old retro, retro references or, you know, homages, then I can see you not enjoying those parts or kind of taking you out of it. But I think they do such a good job at placing these characters in the time that it works well. So, um, that was definitely a plus for me. And, um, another thing is the story is fairly simple and contained. You, uh, you get kind of your information through like flashbacks and through like certain things that happen, um, like supernatural, quote unquote, like supernatural things that may or may not happen throughout the, throughout the show. But it's very, very much like an X-File, like a really long extended X-Files episode, like, you know, just with references of the eighties and nineties of all these old horror movies and books and things like that. So it has, he has kind of like a, um, uh, uh, like, like it's very simple, um, but it, it really keeps your attention. At least it did for me all the way throughout. And it doesn't really ever drag in any one spot. There's, um, there's some things that kind of, uh, you know, where they, they try to bring in some drama, you know, like the bullies, kids of the school and the preppies and things like that. They try to bring in, you know, different crowds into the kids' lives. And I don't think they really did, uh, they did a good job of kind of hitting it on the head of those types of like people that you encounter throughout your life. But the problem is, is towards the end, it's like none of that really mattered. It, it didn't really add anything to any of the characters. Um, you know, all the, all the, I guess all the extra, extra characters, you know, that aren't played for laughs that are played for more like drama, um, or that lead to more of the action parts. They don't really add anything to the end. And some of the reveals at the end, I didn't really too much care for, but it definitely looks like they're going, they're going to do another season. Uh, maybe a couple. I know they've, the Duffer, Duffy brothers were in the news saying that, you know, they definitely have ideas of what they could do. Yeah. So I, I definitely enjoy it. I def like I was saying, if you like, if you like the eighties style of shows and a little bit of horror here, a little bit of drama here, a lot of Stephen King, a lot of references, and uh, you'll—I think you'll really enjoy the show. So, I'll go ahead and give my rating of it. Um, I give it a solid four out of five, and 
definitely being able to watch them straight through is a plus. So I definitely recommend it, uh, checking it out. And uh, let's see. Okay, so moving on, uh, we'll go to right into um, Ghostbusters, the the new um, Paul Feig directed Ghostbusters. And right off the top, I want to say that like Ghostbusters is one of the very first movies I ever watched. Is one of the first movies. Uh, you know, I had the VHS tape of it. I had that. I only had three movies. I had Ghostbusters. I had Big Trouble Little China. And I had um, Empire Strikes Back. And those three, those three tapes I watched on repeat pretty much every day or every other day, you know, during the summers. You know, um, definitely like when you're eating lunch or whatever, you throw one on and, you know, watch 30 minutes of it here or there. Okay. Watch 30 minutes of it here or there. And, you know, I just, you know, with the colorful characters and the setting... And the creativity of it all, I just, I just loved it. And it kind of just captured my attention. And I just love the process and the directing and the comedy and everything about those movies. And they kind of just, you know, were like the anthems of my summer, I guess. I'd watch those when I was eating lunch. But um, this Ghostbusters is definitely a different beast. And I'm not, I wasn't going into this movie trying to compare the two. Uh, I'll do some comparisons, of course, but... Um, I didn't really know what to expect, you know, just, I just saw the trailers, seen some, you know, of the, the reviews online, uh, as far, um, I mean, the, 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 you know, where they're trying to sell it when it was, when the, when the movie was getting closer and closer to releasing, you know, saying that it was really awesome and like four stars and things like that. But, uh, my initial reaction was, I just, it, it, I thought it was just flat out terrible. It, it, it. And its biggest sin is it's not funny. And, you know, it just feels like all the characters are just kind of, all the Ghostbusters and, you know, all the supporting casts are just kind of like joke machines. Like, you know, they just like joke dispensers. Like you're doing a, like a stand-up routine at a comedy club and you're like testing out new material and seeing if it works or not based on the laughs. And they were just like the bottom of the barrel jokes. You know, it's just... These jokes that hit and, you know, and it's those, it's not really like, um, I guess it's more of like a dry humor, like Napoleon Dynamite, where some, some things just kind of float out in the air, but they aren't funny. They're just, looks like they were written like really quickly. And that was another thing that just spoke to me, I guess, watching the movie is I just felt like the movie just felt rushed. It just felt like this was a story they just threw together um, that they wanted to bring in, of course, they wanted to bring in women Ghostbusters, which I'm fine with, and they wanted to bring in all the comedic elements, or try to try to bring in the comedy, try to bring in the horror. But it's almost like they have a really, really bad plot, and they just try to graft, like put little puzzle pieces here and there, and try to graft on the Ghostbusters theme to it, and where you know how they're able to make the packs and the logo and how they get the car involved and things like that and then how to like force all the cameos from you know ghostbusters of yesteryear of what 30 years ago and it it just doesn't work it doesn't work as a cohesive whole and it's real really really basic plot it's just you know uh, two of the women are scientists one of them's 
one was into physics and was an engineer, and the other one's kind of like a like a social not a social worker, but a um, like a customer service agent at the uh, tunnel system, or the underground tunnel tunnel system, the subway. I mean, and the problem is you don't get any insight into any of these characters. They're just they're just every line that comes out of their mouth is just kind of a it's either a quirk to the character that you're not privy to or it's a little small red herring that that comes to fruition at the very end like like seriously this one of the jokes is um one of the characters gives um Kristen Wiig a uh, Swiss army knife and says everyone should be should carry a Swiss army knife cuz you never know when you'll need it and then literally at the very end of the movie she uses the Swiss army knife to like pop one of the go, quote unquote ghost balloons and she's like she's like this is all I ever needed you know and it that was a line that was supposed to be some huge reveal and it was just crickets i mean that was another thing is there are a ton of jokes in this movie and it was just crickets throughout the theater like no one was laughing and the way in fact the the characters kind of come together is pretty sloppy and unfunny um there, there's like a lot of like crude humor, but it's so safe that it just doesn't work. Um, and the one, I guess the one plus side I'll say is the uh, special effects were decent. Um, although I didn't like, it just seemed that all the ghosts were more like, they were more like corpses with just like a blue or green tinge around them. And they just kind of float through the air. And I, I don't know really what kind of threat they were. Because they never really got close to any of the women. Well, I guess some some of them picked them up and tossed them around, but you never really there was never really any threat to them, and they were never at any point in time. Whenever they're fighting, they're trying to bust the ghost. I never felt like they were any danger because they're just spouting out these one-liners that just it just it just doesn't fit into what's going on. It's you have like the jokes or whatever, and then you have like payoffs. You know, you, you tell the story and then you have a payoff. This is almost like the joke, the story, and the payoff are all into all going into like one sequence. And it, it it's just weird. It just doesn't work for me. And, you know, a lot of people were uh, like praising, I guess, the acting. And um, I thought that all around, every single person involved, you know, it, it's them doing their thing. It's them being themselves, I guess. But... There was never really anything as far as the personality goes, or I'm not sure they, they just weren't given anything to work with. But like I was saying, they don't they don't have any character development. It's just it's just these little jokes here and there, and then the the jokes you just kind of have to learn about the characters from the jokes. They aren't any type of backstory where they came from. Um, they just have these loose, like you know, like Ray and he, uh, um, uh, and Bill Murray's character at the at the at the invasion, they at the beginning, you know, they're fired from the university, you know, and so you know because they're they're just bad scientists basically, and they're just using their money to to fund whatever experiments and stuff they want to do, and so you know you kind of have that bond there, and they know Egon, and you know Ernie Hudson comes in later on, but you know they it, they all feel like throughout you know, talking to each other and things like that, that you, you get a sense of their relationship. And in this, it, it's just these quick little jokes. So just don't, it's just, they're so bad. I mean, 
one of the like for instance one of the jokes is they're fighting their like very first ghost on the subway system and it's like right on them and they're they're testing out the first proton pack and a train ghost subway comes by and they all have to jump out of the way and um, the ghost gets stuck in the train and you can see it like going down the tunnel and they say they say oh that train's going to queens or it's like well they're they're it's the well that ghost is just going to be the third scariest thing on that train when they reach when they reach queens and then that was a joke and it's just you just like it's just so obvious and it's so unfunny that you're just sitting there like you seriously you know it's like a, like i was saying like a bad com- comedic routine um and the music's fairly forgettable um the story is really forgettable it's just uh basically um you know once all the ghostbusters get together and all their certain paths meet up uh you know, there's this one disgruntled worker who is bringing in all these ghosts and um, setting all of these, uh, I guess you could say, traps in certain areas. And he's wanting to resurrect. Uh, he, he's like kind of like a loner, and he's wanting to resurrect like the most powerful of these ghosts to kind of go in and <laughs> get rid of a lot of the mouth breather, mouth breathers, as he calls them, people that kind of just go by that don't see him or don't care about him, and. And so it's the basic plot, and they're they're just trying to go out and foil them. And what I would have done, if it were me, I wouldn't assume that everybody knows about Ghostbusters. I mean, I know you're trying to cater to the older audience by building a story, but you don't need to cater to the other older audience just by grafting all the things that made the first one great onto a new movie and just then just throwing in a new story and then you know placing different characters and having cameos. What you need to do is you need to build the new characters and have a, a new and interesting plot. And I thought it would have been a lot neater to to have already had the Ghostbusters, like, you know, everybody knows about them. And they're retired and whatnot, and they have to come back and, you know, save New York City. And, you know, build the characters from the ground. And, and what's crazy is the movie is, I think, it's it's two hours long. It's close to that. And in those two hours, you don't learn anything about the characters, which is a shame. Um, and I, I would have just had them to where, yeah, there's lots of character development. And then you have them all come together. And, of course, they, you know, get a space together. And you learn, like, how they're creating, you know, the new proton packs. Or, you know, maybe they go back and get the old original proton packs and have to put them together. Or modify them in some way. I think that would have been interesting, but, you know, just having the new tech there and just having some techno battle spout off here and there of like how it works, that's just not enough for me. It, it just doesn't, uh, I don't know, I, I guess they did that in the first one as well, but you get more of a sense of of um, the joke of it all, I guess, and the the way it looks and things like that, so... We are into go, going into this as like a viewer of the first, the first two. You just know, you know what the packs look like. You know they they don't want to cross the streams. You know what they're capable of. It's just this movie's just, it's just a rehash, you know. And I know a lot of these remakes are you know just rehashes, but you can make you can do something that's original. I mean, just look at uh, like uh, Ridley Scott did Prometheus. It has like the same feel of an alien movie and it may have some of the similar qualities to it 
but it also brings in something fresh, you know, new and fresh. You, you have, you have all the iconic moments and you know kind of what to expect, but it's the story that keeps you going and the, uh, the wonder of what, you know, happened to the, or what happened in the, because it's a prequel and you know what, what happened to the alien or where they came from and things like that. Whereas this, it's just bad joke after bad joke after bad joke. And then just watching these characters just go throughout the motions with no type of like training or anything like that. I mean, they have your like classic montage sections, but they're like exact, they're exactly from the trailer, like, like shot from shot from the trailer. So if you've seen like two of the trailers, you've seen like a lot of like the action, quote unquote action parts and all the biggest, biggest scenes and the biggest laugh. So I'd say, uh, I mean, if I, you know, I'll go ahead and review it now and just say I give it a 1.5 out of 5. And I think even on a re, uh, a revisit to the film, I don't think I'll like it any better. It just, it just doesn't, it just didn't do anything for me. It, um, for all the things that I mentioned. So, um, I'm sure on the next episode, uh, we have Philip back. I'll talk a little bit more about it. Uh, maybe just go over a couple other things I'll, I'm sure I'll think of, but, um, uh, for the next episode will be, I know this is a shorter episode. The next one will be a lot longer. There's, uh, I know we're going to be reviewing the purge election year. We're going to be reviewing hardcore Henry. We're going to be reviewing Zootopia. Um, the new Ice Age film, Star Trek. Um, so look out for that. And like I said um, from the top, uh, follow me um, on Twitter at Lee Van Martin. That's L-E-E-V-A-N-M-A-R-T-I-N. Um, like I said, rate us on iTunes if you wouldn't mind. And uh, share with your friends. Uh, write, with a, uh, write to us at uh, feasiblefilm at gmail.com with uh, any questions or comments. So we can you know do that towards the middle of the show. And I promise that these episodes won't be like so like backloaded that we don't get to the news because I want to I want to do it to where you know we just review one or two movies of the week that came out maybe an old retro review and um, maybe pick some movies that are pertain to the the, the movie coming out uh, on Friday or Thursday um, and do like an episode based on that um, but uh, yeah so I. I'd like to get back into the news. I know we haven't done like a proper news section, but I promise it's coming. I promise we'll do uh, more episodes. We'll, we'll try to do at least um, one to two a week. And so, you know, just every, everything that, you know, uh, that comes out, we'll also be able to do the news because there's so much stuff to talk about. But um, um, yeah, so uh, until next, uh, so I guess that's the end of the show. And until next time, stay feasible.